0: The first reading is Isaiah 8, verse 11 to 17, and is on page 722, if you picked up the Red Bible in the entry. Just while you're looking it up, or finding it on your phone, a bit of background for this passage. Israel, who were God's Old Testament people, were afraid of their enemies who were gathering around them. God gives this message to Isaiah and to his faithful people. The Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. He said, Do not call conspiracy everything that these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. And he will be a sanctuary. For both houses of Israel he will be a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem he will be a trap and a snare. Many of them will stumble, they will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Bind up the testimony and seal up the law among my disciples.
1: New Testament reading is from 1 Peter, chapter 3, starting at verse 8. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you are called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit.
2: Always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have we've been chosen by god to declare his praises to those who don't know him but how do you feel about that when you think about the the prospect of telling people who don't yet trust in jesus about jesus when you think about that situation that comes up when it turns to the meaning of life conversation How do you feel about that opportunity? Do you feel excited and overjoyed or do you feel anxious and afraid? If you're anything like me, you feel afraid. Whether it's at school or at uni or at work or a family gathering, you're sort of hoping the opportunity will pass in a way. Because it's scary because you're Afraid, And it seems to me that's the real issue. It's not so much we don't know what to say, we don't know how to say it. It's that we're afraid of what will happen if we do speak. Tonight I want to ask, who is it that we're afraid of? And Peter, God speaking in the Bible through Peter, wants us to get our hearts right so we're afraid of the right person. We're in 1 Peter 3, it's page 1272. There's an outline as well which will help you especially halfway through. Let's pick it up halfway through the passage. We're just focusing on verses 14 and 15. But let's start in 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to... To do good. We saw last week that Peter tells his readers that they are to do good. They are to live good lives among the pagans. And he says here, Who's going to harm you if you're keen, if you're zealous to do that? You can see here that Peter's readers are like us. They are not living under extreme persecution in North Korea. The Romans have not started burning Christians at this point. You can tell because he says, who's going to harm you if you're eager to do good? If they were burning Christians, you wouldn't ask that question, would you? It's like it is for us. If you're eager to do good, and if you keep your head down as a Christian, people are not going to harm you. But, verse 14, even if you should suffer for what is right, You are blessed. Most of the time these readers will not get harmed for being a Christian. There is not something to be afraid of, but sometimes there is. Sometimes, chapter 2, they're accused of doing wrong. Sometimes, chapter 4, they're insulted because of the name of Christ. They suffer for what is right, just like we are afraid of. Well, how does Peter deal with that fear? Have a look at verse 14. But even if you should suffer for what's right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. It's sort of cryptic, isn't it? But you can see it there that it's in quotes, so it's clearly a quote from someone else. It's a quote from Isaiah chapter 8, which was our first Bible reading tonight. And I've printed the words for you in Isaiah 8 uh, there on the outline. God's people back then had every reason to be afraid. Their enemies were gathered ready to attack them. The people of Aram and the people of of Israel in the north were coming to destroy them and they are afraid. The people are afraid. But God has a message to Isaiah and his faithful followers. He says, Do not fear what they fear, and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He's the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. Do not be afraid of what they're afraid of, he says. The people around about you are afraid of their enemies. Don't be afraid like them. How can he say that? Their enemies are at the walls. They're ready to attack. It's a rational fear. Fear someone else, he says. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. Do you see that? Stop fearing people. Fear God instead. That's striking, isn't it? Two ways to fear. People or God. You'll see there that he he says it not just as fear, but the middle sentence. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. The Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, that's what the Lord means, Yahweh, he is holy, he's unique and special and special to them above all others. They are to have no other gods but him. They are to delight in him and please him first. And yet in Isaiah's day, they were certainly not. Do you remember Isaiah 6? Isaiah saw the Lord in his throne room and the angels are crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah realized he is done for. He is a man of unclean lips and he has seen the Lord and he is afraid. The Lord Almighty, you are to regard as holy. You should treasure him. And if you do not, you should Fear Him. Stop fearing people. Fear God instead. Peter's readers in 1 Peter 3 are not surrounded by their enemies. They are not about to be attacked by other nations. Most of the time, they won't even be accused of things, but sometimes they will, and they are afraid. What should they do with their fear? What does Peter tell them to do? Verse 14 of chapter 3, Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. Literally it says, do not be afraid of them and their threats. Why not? The threat is real because, verse 15, the same advice as Isaiah eight, but in your hearts set apart Christ the Lord. Can you see the similarity if you look back on your outline again? The Lord Almighty you are to regard as holy. Set apart in your hearts Christ the Lord. As an aside here, can you see that the Lord, God, Yahweh in the Old Testament, has a new name here. He inserts an extra word, a title. Set apart someone as holy. Who? Christ. If anyone ever says to you, it doesn't really say that Jesus is God in the New Testament, you've made that bit up. No, here's another verse. The Lord, the Christ. Jesus, and him you are to regard as holy. You are to set him apart in your hearts as holy. What does that mean? Treasure him above all others. And if you do not, fear him above all others. Stop fearing people, fear Christ instead. We have so many fears about sharing Jesus with non-Christians, don't we? They'll think I'm a weirdo. They'll think I'm one of those gullible Bible bashers. They'll avoid me in the playground. I'll lose their friendship. There'll be family arguments and it'll be awkward at Christmas again. Some of those fears we can deal with, can't we? It probably won't be as bad as we imagine most of the time. Some people are actually interested. We probably know more about the topic than they do and you can practice and learn better skills. You can deal with some of our fears. But let's not pretend some of our fears are real. We've been accused before. We've been mocked before. We've seen other Christians mocked before. And it's realistic to think it will happen to us. They are real fears, and we shouldn't play pretend. Peter says to do something different. Stop fearing people. Fear Christ instead. Set apart in your hearts Christ as Lord. When I was a teenager and it was finally up to me when I had a haircut, I knew when it was time to get my hair cut uh, because my mum, who liked my hair quite long, would say something like, I think it's a really nice length now. And when she said that, I knew it was time to get down to the barbers because I didn't want to do what she wanted. Then one day, my girlfriend made a comment That she liked my hair long. And then it didn't matter what my mum said. I was going to grow it long. Because who was it I wanted to please? Who was it that I wanted to delight? Who was my treasure? Who had I set apart as holy in my heart? Not my mum. I'd stopped that. But now my girlfriend. As you can tell, she has now changed her mind and my hair is short we are to set apart Christ as Lord. We want to please him more than people. Set apart Christ as Lord. And verse 15 when you do that you will be Always prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Yes, the fears will still be real, but you are trying to please someone else. Is there still a reason to be afraid? Is the fear word still there? Yes, actually. Jesus said, Do not fear those who can kill the body. That's extreme fear, isn't it? But I will show you whom you should fear, he said. Fear him who, after the killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And those that we are so afraid of, if the Lord does not grant them mercy before he returns, they have good reason to fear the Lord. They will be put to shame. Verse 17, far better to suffer for doing good now than for doing evil later. Why is it that we do not simply just start talking about Jesus? He is such good news. He has changed our lives so much why is it? I don't think it's that we don't know what to say I don't think it's because we don't know enough yet it's because we're afraid isn't it? That's what it is for me afraid of people, what they will think of me, what they will do to me there's a Christian book which I have not read but it has a great title when people are big And God is small. When people are big in our minds and hearts, and God is small. Isn't that what we're like? And it affects every area of our life, our insecurity, who we're trying to please, our behaviour, and it especially affects whether we will start talking about Jesus. For if we set him apart as holy, we will want to please him. He is our treasure and our delight and we will want to talk about him. Stop, pleasing, stop fearing people. Start fearing Christ. The question is, who will you fear? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you know our hearts and how prone we are to fear people, even when their threats are not that great. You know our hearts and you know that so often we have set apart people as holy and not Christ So please grant in your mercy that we might come to our senses and get this right. Father, we do struggle to know what to say. We do feel like we need to know more. But our real issue is who we want to please the most and who we fear the most. So please grant us to set apart Christ the Lord as holy.